As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right, over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hello and welcome back to a brand new series of The Moments That Made Me with me, your host, Roxy Nafusi. We are kicking off the series with the incredible Estée Lalonde. Estée is a content creator and founder of Mirror Water, a lifestyle community focused on self-reflection in which Estée aims to build a space for people that value vulnerability and introspection. I am obsessed with following her on Instagram and it's safe to say that I have been waiting for this conversation for months. <laughs> Estee, thank you so much for being here. What an amazing introduction. Thank you so much for having me. Babe, so I I discovered you through our mutual friend, Amelia, um, who has also been on the show. And ever since I've started following you, I am just basically your biggest fan you are so mesmerizing when you talk on camera you're so natural and I just find you like so enjoyable so I actually just sat and watched (laughs) you did a like get ready with me like getting random getting ready live and I just sat sat and watched it and I was just in it I was just loving it (laughs) well thank you I do think it's funny when people say that because I am I don't even know how I got to do this job because I don't really ever have anything to say. <laughs> um so it's always kind of like winging it and just hitting record and just going with the flow and you know I really am the same off camera as I am on camera. I just I'm not a good enough actor to not be. So yeah, it's it's all me, baby. But thank you. But I feel like you can feel the authenticity, maybe. And you know, authenticity is so magnetic. So maybe that's what it is. Mm, thank you. That's so nice. So we basically on the show just go straight in to your first defining moment. Right. Well, when you asked me to do this, it did take me a few minutes to come up with these because, you know, it's hard to really pinpoint something to like one moment. I think the most obvious thing is obviously moving to the UK from Canada. And I moved here when I just turned 20. I think it was a couple of weeks after my 20th birthday. And that was a huge shift in my entire life, obviously. And if I didn't do that, I mean, I honestly don't know what where I would be. I'm sure I'd be somewhere. But um you know, when I moved here, it was just the biggest mind expansion. And I, you know, got to see how so many different cultures live, and I got to do more traveling. And I started YouTube and blogging and 
I met new friends and I gained a sense of independence. And obviously I was living away from my family for the first time ever. And it was just a really momentous thing in my life. And I'm just so happy I did it. I think everyone's like, you were so brave. You were so brave. And, you know, when you're 19 and 20, like you're not brave. You're just like very naive. <laughs> so it didn't even really seem like a big decision to me at that time. And I just kind of was like, yeah, I want to, let's go, I'll do it. And I just did it. And that's really like how I used to be and how I used to live. And I think I still am like that to an extent, but obviously I have a lot more responsibility now. So yeah, I'm just so, I'm just so proud of my little past self for just taking the plunge and it's paid off. And I'm, I'm just so happy to be living here in London now. So that's definitely my first moment. Oh my God. I love it. So basically, I think there's a few things. Firstly, you're so right. I think when we're 1920, we're way more fearless. There's definitely more of a just fuck it kind of attitude. Like I'm just going to go for it, which I think is kind of, it's really special. And actually when we remember that, we can almost bring it back and just go, yeah, mm. maybe there are times where I can adopt that kind of mentality again now. Um, but there are, we, there'll be quite a lot of people listening, I'm sure, who have also moved to London. And I hear quite a lot that coming to London can be really difficult at the beginning. It's hard to find your sp space and fit in and um for someone who has has moved whether it's to London or to another new country not really knowing anyone like how did you begin that process into making it really feel like home here oh my gosh it it took so long and I think those first two even three years were some of the hardest years of my life I just felt so homesick and lost and lonely and you know I think like any city like any big city or any new place it can just feel so alienating and you, you don't know what to do and you don't know how to meet new people and you don't know how to fit in. And that's really why I turned to blogging in the first place. But I think just constantly putting myself out of my comfort zone, which was so exhausting and so difficult, but it, it took such a long time. And, and I have always loved London. Um, like since I moved here, I've always appreciated it, but I would say actually I, I haven't, felt more home than I have in the past maybe three years. I've really found my footing here. I love the city. And it, yeah, I just, I think I've just become so much more open. And I was actually um, speaking to a delivery driver the other day, and we were talking about how if you live, have lived in London for any length of time, you can live pretty much anywhere because this city will chew you up and spit you out, but do it like, you know, British style almost. <laughs> like it's just... It's it's so gritty, but it is also so many other things, and it's just everything all at once. Mm. And you know, it is so so difficult to find a new fresh start anywhere. And I think really staying in touch with you know my family and my friends that helped a lot. But it wasn't until I started making new friends and new memories that I started to really love it here. And I think that's important. I was, I was in the beginning really hanging on to my old life and my mm. old friends and what are they doing and what party are they going to and what's my mom doing? And, and, you know, when I started to realize, you know, I need to carve out a new path for myself. That's when things really started taking off for me. And now I just love it so much. I love the freedom and 
Yeah, it's it's daunting living in a place away from your family, but in a way it's like kind of liberating and yeah, it just feels so independent almost living here. Oh, I think that is so, I think it's so important to hear that, you know, for you to say the first two years were really challenging. Um, and it is just, it does take time. I guess you, I, I think mm. I have a friend who's just moved country and I know that she's really struggling and it's as much as you say to someone, it will get better. It's really hard for them to believe, but hearing it from you firsthand, I think will reassure a lot of people that, yeah, it's, mm. it really does come down to the friendships, doesn't it? The friendships that you make and, and you can't, obviously sometimes, you know, you meet someone and you're just, you form that kind of like soulmate friendship straight away, but mm. to form that friendship group, it just does take, um, it takes a minute. It does. And I think especially adult friendships are kind of difficult to kind of penetrate someone's, you know, inner circle, you know, to like let a new friend into a friendship group is, I don't know, it's it's just hard. I always say there needs to be dating apps for friends, because like, sometimes I just want to meet a new friend. And it's so hard. And especially when you move somewhere new, like, you're not being introduced, and you're not Yeah, it's, it's just quite difficult. But yeah, it's all about connection, isn't it? Mm. And and when you find even just one spark of connection in a new place, it is really, you know, really ignites something amazing in in your life. And oh, I'm just so glad I'm not in that spot anymore. There were so many days where I was just crying and calling my mom. And I used to say, I'm coming home. I can't do this. And my mom would say, stay, just do one more week. Let's see how you feel at the end of the week. And I owe so much to my mom for that because there were so many times where my bags were packed and I was on that British Airways site booking my flight home. And my mom was just like, you just need to do, let's try three more days, you know? So it takes a village uh, to grow up. And, uh, that's that's kind of my kind of my story there oh I love that thank you so much <laughs> so before we move on to your second defining moment I just want to know how did you get into uh vlogging content creation because you were one of the OGs you were doing it before it even was a thing so I am just like so keen to hear what what got what kind of came over you to be like Right, I'm not filming my life and putting it on the internet. Well, I feel like everything I do is like a little too soon. Like, I don't know, even in high school, I was wearing Birkenstocks and now everyone's wearing Birkenstocks and they're so cool. Well, I was doing it a long time ago. And that was kind of the same thing with blogging and vlogging. Like all of us who started at that time, it was really not the done thing. It was really putting yourself out on a limb and blogging and vlogging for everyone to just see. And and we were all kind of embarrassed about it. I mean, everyone that I know from back in that those days would just not tell their friends, not even tell their family. I remember when I told my friends and family that I was going to start a YouTube channel. I mean, they completely slated me for it and would make would make fun of me. I mean, who's laughing now? But <laughs> I'm just saying, um, you know, that that happened. And I think yeah, at that time, I was looking for connection. I was looking for anything to even do and occupy my time. And I was also growing up, you know, I was 20. And I just moved to the UK, I had no friends. And I thought, what is going to make me feel better? What can I do? That's like instant gratification, it's going to make me feel better. I thought I need to get a lipstick, because I didn't own a lipstick at the time. And I thought I'm growing up, I've just moved to the UK, I need a lipstick. And um I googled best Mac lipsticks because there was a Mac near me where I was living and 
I came across these blogs. I, I didn't even know, honestly, I didn't even know what a blog was that I don't know where I had been, but I just was not on blogs. And I spent the rest of the day looking at these blogs with all of these amazing people that looked like they were having the time of their lives, like, you know, in the comments talking about makeup and lipstick and this, you know, fashion item and this store. And I wanted to be a part of it. And I think I've always wanted to be a part of something. We all want to be a part of something. And I thought, what do I have to lose? I want to get in this circle of bloggers. And I just eventually made friends with people and through blogging and commenting. And then I started a YouTube channel because people were wanting to see, you know, my face and see my, hear my voice. And, you know, back then there were not as many people to choose from. It's not like it is today. I mean, there might've been at the most a hundred blogs at that time in total, you know, like I would, and that was, that's probably a high number. So it wasn't as hard to gain traction. If you followed one blog, you follow all the blogs and that's really how it started. And it just kind of snowballed and built from there. I mean, I always, people always ask me for advice on how to be a successful like blogger or blogger Instagrammer now. And I'm like, I, I honestly couldn't tell you because first of all, I don't even know how I'm still relevant. And second of all, it's just such a different um, time and mm. things are just done so much differently. And it, it was yeah, it was a lot of hard work, but it was also a lot of luck as well. Yeah, I mean, it's just so, I find it so nuts because I had the same when I spoke to Amelia and Tanya um, in the first season. And it's just the fact that Instagram and social media is so enormous now. Like it's such a big part of all of our lives. And to speak to you girls who really have watched it from the front line, I guess. And you've had to kind of mm-hmm. go change platforms as well with the changing times. I just think it's, it's just so amazing. I mean, I cannot quite make the pivot to TikTok. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I, I'm not there. I'm not there. I feel like I am too washed up to be getting on TikTok. Um, but yeah, I love watching it. And I love like, being in the in the loop of things that is ha- you know I'm not I think I've kind of accepted that maybe some things aren't for me but I love watching this industry change I just honestly find it so fascinating I literally I always wonder like what what is next because I feel in mm. my head I'm Who like, knows? there's not going to be anything other than Instagram but obviously <laughs> there will be mm. we should build it <laughs> <laughs> we should um okay so what is your second defining moment so my second defining moment is my ever-evolving relationship with my amazing mother Mm. um like I kind of alluded to earlier my mom has been a huge sense of support for me and um our relationship has actually become even stronger since I moved to the UK despite you know us having a little bit of water between us um it's it's just been so amazing for me to, you know, and I think a lot of us see this, you know, you're a teenager and you see your mom as a mom. And then there's a point where you just kind of see your mother as a person, like she's just a person just like me, who's was just trying her best, you know, and I'm 30 now, I'll be 31 this summer. And now that I'm this age, you know, realizing and recognizing everything that she did for us as kids and and gave up in order for us to have a better life and all of the support 
support and all of the worrying and all of the fun things. And even when she was exhausted or had no money and just, I really, I'm so in awe of mothers and especially mine, obviously, because I, you know, I love her. Um, But that relationship and just how that's changed over the years has been such a defining moment in my life. You know, we are friends. We are support. I support her. She supports me because, you know, I'm a grown up now too. And she comes to me with things and I go to her with things. We are, we laugh together. We cry together. We get each other. And I think, oh, like without that relationship, I just, she has kept me on the straight and narrow so many times where, you know, I've had a really upsetting personal situation and, you know, I could go off the rails, you know, Mm. like I could go totally nutso. And she just keeps me focused and keeps me grounded. And, oh my God, I just, I just love my mom. I just love my mom. And I miss my mom so much, obviously since COVID, I haven't been able to go home and see her, but, um, just the sacrifice. I think I'm just really starting to grasp and understand it, um, as much as I can without being a mother myself. But yeah, it just, it, it blows my mind. I'm just, I just feel so lucky. So that's my second moment. Oh my God. That is so, so sweet. <laughs> I'm so touched by that. Oh my God. Oh my God. Like, oh. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> this is so adorable. Um, I think that is just so poignant as well when you say that you kind of you start to see that your parents are always just doing their best and I think it's really it's a funny one um there's my ex always used to say this Philip Larkin poem which was uh they fuck you up your mom and dad they don't mean to but they do and he would always say that you know like parents all the things that you think are wrong with you you always kind of think it's because of your upbringing and often there's like a period of our lives I think where a lot of not everyone but a lot of us will put blame on our parents for our unhappiness or our downfalls or things that have happened to us um And then I think, yeah, you do get to that age where you just go, they were just doing their best, really. They were doing what they could do through their own pain and their own journeys and through their own stories. And I think it is a very liberating um, moment when you come to that, um, both for yourself, because you get to take responsibility for your own life and and who you are. um, And also you get to heal that relationship with your parents in a way that you can't if you don't get to that point it's true there's a lot of untangling and almost unlearning because you know they they've had certain things happen to them which causes you know a knock-on effect but yeah I think that untangling process has just been so um fulfilling for me and also I think for my mom too because in my process of unlearning I'm teaching her and and she's unlearning certain things too so Mm. I don't know I just think it we have such a great relationship and it's making us both stronger and I just hope you know she always says I hope I was a good mother to you and I always say mom I hope I can be half as good of a you know of a mom as as you were to us because I just don't think I could ever live up but um yeah anyway I'm emotional and I miss my mom and I have my period just oh just my let's move on God bless <laughs> you I can't imagine oh no <laughs> 
If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, listen, make, make, bitches. make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Uh, uh, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both up. <laughs> For the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for music in my life. <laughs> yes. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so let's glad go. no one can see me right now because I'm doing. I was doing some weird dance moves. Yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You, the Wellbeing Podcast. I just became a lot more productive and happier, mm. and for me, like that's just worth it. The Weekly Roast, music in my life, and how are you? Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. Okay, so what is your third defining moment? Oh gosh, okay. Career hat on. Um, Well, I have to say, thank you for introducing me as the founder of Mirror Water because that's that's my third thing because... um, not only am I trying to plug it, obviously, but <laughs> the whole um, process of starting Mirror Water, it happened during COVID. Mm. Um, and basically, I wanted to create a place, like I mentioned earlier, that was about connections. So Mirror Water is a community for conscious connections and self-reflection and self-care. And those are things that I'm so passionate about. And I think especially during COVID, I really put those things at the top of my list because there was a lot of things I personally needed to work through. And also, you know, I've been doing YouTube and blogging for such a long time now. It's been, you know, 10 years. Um, I had my 10 year anniversary and I really wanted to do something that would be challenging. Hmm. I really wanted to do something that would really push me out of my comfort zone again, like I did to myself 10 years before. And honestly, it was such a long process of me to get to the point where I thought, you know what, I think I can do this because it's scary. And people always say to me, how do you get the confidence to do things? It's like, I'm still scared. Like, I'm still so scared. And I've wanted to start a brand um, for such a long time, but I genuinely just didn't think I could do it. And through, you know, other people's encouragement and my own belief in myself and my own belief that people want to connect, I've felt like I could do this thing. So we launched Mirror Water. It's just an Instagram page right now, but we're working on our website, which should be out soon. And we're working on um, products as well, self-care products, which will be out uh, in a few months. Um, And just the whole process of learning how to do business in a different way. You know, I've never set up a company like this before and just doing things that are just so damn scary. And also the um, the realization that people want to help. People want to, you know, give someone a leg up. Like I do these things on Mirror Water called monologues. Mm. And it's where basically someone... Um, to, you know, gives us 30 seconds snippet into their brain of what their their inner working and their inner mind is saying. And people are have just been so generous with their time and so vulnerable. I think this has been a huge defining moment for me of just realizing that it's all possible, you know, mm-hmm. and it just takes that leap of faith. And I don't know where Mirror Water is going to go. 
I don't even care at this point because the defining moment has already happened where it's just been me believing in this and myself and those around me. Mm. And that's been a huge defining moment for me, whether or not this works out or doesn't. I, like I said, I I honestly don't care because I've already got that thing. Like I've already ticked that box in my own like soul, you know? Um, so yeah, that's my third one. Amazing. Everyone go follow at marijuana.earth. <laughs> oh, well, I live follow it and love it. And congratulations, oh, because that is a really big step to do something completely thank new. You. And, you know, I think as well, like you have, I don't know if you feel this, but I presume that, you know, having a big following for, of course, in one hand, yes, it makes it feel like, possible but in the other there's more pressure because there's all these eyes on you creating something new and so I know if I was you you know that you have there's a kind of like double-edged sword there so you have to be more you have to really get to a place of like real empowerment and go I'm gonna do this no matter what yeah you are spot on Roxy honestly because and that's what stopped me for so long was that pressure that that feeling of well this has to succeed or I'm gonna look real stupid and if no one likes this this that's gonna make me look like this and feel like this and what are people gonna think about that so that yeah exactly on one and you know I already have an existing platform but on the other side of things it has to do well you know so it's really difficult and I've had oh my gosh, I just have so much respect for anyone who launches anything or tries anything. You know, it takes real guts mm. to put yourself out there in anything that you someone does, you know? Yeah. Um, even like when I got my bicycle, like I have a bike and I ride my bike around and it was the same sort of feeling when I got my bike. I thought I could never ride around in the city on my bicycle. Like uh, that's not me. I could never be like brave enough to do that. And then I got a bike and I cycle everywhere. And it's just like, I don't know why we put so many limitations on ourselves and I do it all the time. Um, And and I think we all do. So it's just, it doesn't have to be a business related thing. Mm. It's it's just doing something that you know is scary, that feels out of your comfort zone, but then you realize actually, why have I been limiting myself in this way? Totally. So yeah, I mean, I love my bike. Can I make that my my bonus (laughs) moment getting my bike? I personally think that is so brave riding around London. Oh my God. But yeah, you know, I think the thing with that and with starting something is is what I try and encourage people to ask themselves, okay, is, is go worst case scenario. Worst case scenario, it doesn't work. So what? You know what I yeah, mean? It's like exactly. when you actually, when you feel that fear, I always think like take that fear and like, go in into it like really step into the fear mm. okay what is the fear what is the worst case scenario I'm imagining what mm. is the worst possible possible outcome and then when you get to that place in your mind you literally just say those words so what like so what if that happens yeah. and then it honestly I feel like for me whenever I do that or I ask people to do it it just evaporates because you go oh yeah like who fucking cares if it doesn't work yeah it doesn't work it's true I know I you know what I'm gonna implement that so what into my life it's like so what I mean it's just 
oh, trying. You have to try yeah. because even if you fail, like, so what? Yeah. What, like, so what? Does it make you a lesser person? Does it, no, it doesn't make you any of those, those negative things that our brain tells ourselves. So yeah, so what? Exactly. I'm going to put that on a t-shirt. So what? <laughs> exactly. And you can really take it to like, because if the fear, because you can kind of take it to what the fears are exactly. Because if you take it to, okay, it fails. And then you go, then people are going to judge me for it again. So what? Then I'm going to have waste, wasted that time. So what? There's still more mm. time for something. Do you know what I mean? So there's always like, you can always take it to really like the key fears behind each thing. Um, now mm. You've been quite open about your own mental health. Um, yes. which I love and obviously is one of the reasons why I just think you are so relatable and why your account is so special. And I just wanted to ask you a little bit about your kind of mental health journey. <laughs> oh my gosh. I saw this meme the other day that was like, I have no mental health. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, that is honestly sometimes how I feel sometimes. I'm like, can I get a break here? But yeah, I've always struggled with my mental health ever since I was a kid. Since I was about six, I remember being low and being, you know, depressed and having pretty severe body image issues. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of like thought that was that was life. And looking back, I definitely had childhood depression. And then wow. when I became a teenager, I had very severe social anxiety, which no one spoke about at that time. And yeah. the, when I told my mom, you know, I think I have social anxiety, like I can't go to school. She'd be like, get your ass to school now. You know, mm. it was not really a tender uh, response. Mm. And um, it's because it really was not spoken about a lot. And my mom, by the way, for those listening who don't know, she has so many regrets about that. But but she didn't know about it, you know, and now actually funny enough, well, not funny, but she has anxiety now and she did not have it for her entire life. And now she has it. Mm. And she's just so empathetic to anyone who has anxiety. Mm. Um, but anyway, so yeah, I've always had that. And, you know, as I've become older, I think I go through waves. Like sometimes my depression is very, very bad. And sometimes my anxiety is bad. And sometimes it's both. And depression runs in my family. Everyone in my family pretty much um, has depression. And I take medication for it. And I speak very openly about that. And I just think it's so important because I just feel like because I am in a place in my career where I've had success and I'm, I feel very lucky and, and solid in that, mm. I just think that it's important to say that just because you have depression and anxiety and, and anything else doesn't mean that you can't do certain things, you know, and I, I live with it. I live with it every day and it's can be so frustrating. Like for me, it's more just frustrating than ever. If I wake up and I feel low, I, I can like immediately start attacking myself and be like, what is wrong with you? You know, mm -hmm. but I just think it's so crucial to talk about it. Um, because it really does help others. I know that when I see people that I look up to talking about their own mental health mm. struggles or just like when they're just not feeling it or when whatever, I just think, yeah, like life is so messy and breakups happen and 
other stuff happens and you know, maybe you're going to start drinking a little too much and that happens and maybe you're going to start smoking and maybe you're going to start partying and maybe this, but you're going to bring it back and maybe you're yeah. going to cry for a week straight. Maybe you're going to have the best, you know, it's just such a roller coaster. And I just never want to pretend like everything is great all the time because it's not, even though I am very privileged and lucky. So that's kind of my stance on, on sharing my oh, mental health. I love that. Oh, I love you. I love you. I think it's just, you are so right about when you hear someone saying it. There is just something. It just like touches your heart. You just, it's like you just breathe a sigh of relief um, Mm -hmm. when you hear someone else feeling the way that you feel or that you felt. Because I think the thing with, especially with depression and anxiety and social media, and I don't know if you feel the same, but. I remember when I was really suffering in a, in a you know for years for 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 a decade and I thought I'd never be happy and I would look at social media and the thing that would always really I would always feel the most envious of was people looking so carefree and happy and I just mm. assumed that they lived like that all the time and so it made me feel like like what is wrong with me because I, it was the phase where everybody would do the whole like you know like sticking their tongue out in pictures and all that and I, and I remember just thinking how can they like being they're being silly and like silliness to me was a real sign of someone that was really happy and really at peace mm. and really carefree and I just so desperately wanted that and when nobody was really talking about mental health and everybody seemed to look like that on on Instagram it made it such a lonely place. So yeah, for people to be talking about it like you and, and others, it's just, I think it's just the most amazing thing. I think you're so right. Like that silliness, that was something that I always found as well. And I don't think I've ever realized it until you just said it there. But when I used to watch people and girls my age be silly, I was like, what are you on? Because I want to be on it, yeah. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I just did not understand how someone could be like silly. Yeah. And I, I mean, to be honest, I'm not like the silliest person. Mm. Um, I do sometimes say I have the zoomies when I like get all hyper. But um, <laughs> yeah, like especially when I was younger, though, like I'm supposed to be a kid and I'm supposed to be silly, but like I'm not. Mm. Yeah. So that's interesting. I'm going to have to journal about about that. <laughs> Do you, so do you love journaling? I do journal. Um, I love to journal. And I know sometimes it's like, oh, I do not want to do this. Mm. Um, I think journaling is free. Mm. It's so telling. Sometimes things come out of my pen that I'm like, was that really in my brain? Mm-hmm. Um, and actually that's the, well, you're getting the exclusive. It's the first mirror water product collaboration we're launching. Um, I don't know when this podcast is going up, but we have a journal available. It's in collaboration with choosing keeping, which is a stationary shop in London. And it's a really thick journal. Incredible. And I made that our first product because I just, I love that concept of like everything is within you and you just need to take the time to kind of unwind it a bit of course um do you journal a lot I do I do I um I have well I started writing a diary when I was about 10 
And I was religious mm-hmm. with it for until I was at university every single day, wow. every day. Um, and then I, and then I stopped and then I started doing positivity journals and gratitude journals and then I kind of change it up. But, um, I'm not very consistent, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things, isn't it? With mental health, I think is that mm-hmm. it's very easy. Even, even me who is, is, you know, teaches people everything to do to like, empower themselves it's really easy to get complacent so when I'm feeling Mm -hmm. good and I'm just like in a good place I just forget um and then I end (laughs) up using it when I need it but actually I know that I should be more consistent I literally wrote a journal entry it must have been a couple of months ago and it was why do I only journal when I am feeling bad or Mm. you know and it's like the only time I pick up my journal is when I'm already at the point of crisis And I think it's kind of like something that needs to be used almost like therapy, which I'm preaching about therapy and I'm not in therapy, Mm. but, um, you know, a tool to help you to to stay away from that crisis point. Yeah. But it's such so easier said than done. It's like, we have so many things to do to keep up. It's like work out, drink water, eat healthy, see your friends, do your work, get enough sleep. Oh my God. Exactly. You know what it is? It's one of those things. It's like, there are so many daily practices you can use. Journaling is one of them. But as long as you have a few that you are doing every day consistently, so whether that's you stretch every day or you repeat mantras every day or affirmations, or you don't have to do them all, but have three or four, I would say, three or four daily practices consistently, no matter how good you're feeling, keeping them up. I think that is really key. Three or four a day? Yeah, things like drinking like drinking water, eating nutritious food, making sure you're resting, having a moment of stillness. Like they don't have to be all like 10 or 15 minutes long. Some of them can be like mm. two minutes, like making sure that you just right. got to breathe for two minutes. That is important. Like, you know what I mean? We literally don't breathe properly. Are we- I mean, I, I need to breathe more a lot more yeah from the belly from the belly and and from the belly it's just the stillness it's just the like stopping like i i'm sure like you and everybody listening go, will easily go through met like days and days and days without like having a minute without their phone i mean we take the phone to the bloody loo like Oh, you that's I mean? my like, best we time never to go on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, just usually if I'm posting like a little thirst trap, it's when I am on the loop because <laughs> it's the only time I freaking have. So I'm posting that backlist picture and I'm probably on the loop. <laughs> just know that. <laughs> thirst trap also. I love that phrase. <laughs> um, what are your kind of daily feel good practices tools whatever it is well my dog helps me so much um I I will refrain from speaking about her a lot but she's a little rescue from Greece and she's the most nervous dog ever every single behavior says she's the most nervous dog they've ever come across (laughs) and it's really forced me to slow down and be extremely patient (laughs) And if that was a huge learning process for someone like me, that's like a million miles an hour at all times. Mm. Um, But yeah, having that routine of every single morning I wake up early, 
and I take her for a walk that, and, and obviously every day at lunch and every day before bed. So, you know, that's a big responsibility, but I get out there. So those are my moments every single day. I'm like, no phone and just me and my little, my little lady. Oh, I love Um, that. Yeah. I also do yin yoga every single Sunday night, no matter what I do it with um, one of my best friends, Rebecca Monroe. She's a videographer and we do it every single Sunday night, no matter what she's like 8 PM, you better be on the mat. So we really hold each other accountable. And every time we're like, God, that was so needed. And I think we store so much in our bodies and just taking that 20, 30 minutes even to just stress, uh, stretch and release. Sorry, stress. What a Freudian slip. Um, stretch and release. Oh, God, it feels good. Yin is so underrated. Like whoever does not like yin, I'm like, best what? practice ever. Oh my God. It I'm is my favorite it. style of yoga. It is. And it's so good. For, it's so good for anxiety, for sleep, for insomnia, for stress management, reducing cortisol. Like it's just mm-hmm. so it is good for you. So it's a life essential and you can do it anywhere and you don't need anything. You just need your body. Mm. And what else do I do? Oh, I get acupuncture done. Um, that's another huge uh, self-care thing for me is getting acupuncture done. If anyone cares, I see um, Johnny at Kite Clinic on Wimpole Street and he is the best. Mm. So doing things like that, you know, I think we all have different things. Like the other day at, um, on actually this week on Wednesday at 730 in the morning, I was swimming in a pond. What? <laughs> Yeah, I went wild swimming with my friend. And it's like these little opportunities come up and it's like, I don't say no. It's like my friend was like, oh, we're going to go um, to this pond. It's it's a wild swimming. You literally walk in from the grass. We've got to be there at 730. It was an hour from my flat. So I had to wake up at like five on a weekday no. um, before work. And yeah, and, and we went there and I just dove in and there were little ducklings <gasps> in the pond oh. with us. <laughs> And like, these are the moments that make you feel alive and give you like purpose and fulfillment. And like, I'm not trying to say I'm perfect. Like God knows I am ordering a bleaker burger and angry fries way too often and just watching Netflix and like wasting my nights away. But it's like, when you have the capacity, you got to take, you know, take yourself out there and do that kind of stuff. I love that. I love that. And it's, you said something there about just, it was like, did you say it was just about saying yes and just taking the opportunity? Yeah. Like if someone presents you so. with something, just going, fuck it. Yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. Just be open. Yeah. Just be open. Totally. Esther, you have been such a wonderful guest and I have loved Thank hearing you. your three moments. Um, what's, what's next? What's next? I'm going to go finish my bagel and have another cup of tea. And then besides that, just, yeah, focusing very heavily on mirror water and enjoying this rain today that we have in London. And I just want to have a great summer and I want to laugh a lot and I want to hang out with my friends and I want to get, hopefully go to a festival if they're oh going to be allowed. And this fingers crossed. yeah, that's what's next. I'm just hanging on by a thread over here, but <laughs> loving every minute of it. <laughs> yeah, I've got the quick fire questions for you. So your most memorable book uh, that I've read is A Little Life by Anya Yanagahari. It's a very 
emotional, sad book. Yes, um, I have heard a lot about this book. It's very, very long. It's very, very long. And, you know, it's a love it or hate it. And some people don't like it. And some people love it. And I'm in the camp that just loves it. But it honestly ripped me to my core. And I think about the characters in those book in that book every single day, I swear. This is what I hear. How can it be so like, everybody says that it is just the most devastating. Mm. Book. Yeah, it is. It's Oh, gosh, I, I've actually I've got two copies. I've got the copy that I've read. And I had another copy that I'm waiting to give to someone very special. When I see that person, I'll know it because it's just the kind of book that, oh God, it just, it, it kills me. I want to read it again, actually, but I don't think I can do it to myself. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> um, okay, your favorite quote. My favorite quote is not a very, you know, it's not anything crazy. But it's follow your heart. And that's because my mom gave me a necklace that said follow your heart. And she gave it to me the Mm -hmm. night before I moved to the UK. And the story goes, um, she got a necklace from a guy in Scotland. And he wanted her to move to Scotland to be with him. And he gave her that necklace. And she said no, because she had two kids. And when I told my mom I wanted to move to the UK, and I moved here to be with someone at the time. She gave me the necklace and mm. said, just go. And that's oh. that's the story. And it's, yeah, so follow your heart. And I do always try to follow my heart. I mean, sometimes my head is just so loud, but I do really try to live with my heart. Mm. That's so, so <laughs> I know, sweet. me and my mom are like goals, I know. <laughs> I can't. It's like a love story. I, and I love it. It really is so sweet. Um, your most influential mentor? My most influential mentor is Marie Drago. She is the founder of a skincare brand called Galinet. It's a probiotic French skincare brand. Yes, I know that brand. And she has just taught me so much and taught me so much confidence and taught me so much about business and life and she is my everything so yes definitely Marie Drago your go-to feel-good film is probably oh depends how good I want to feel but um (laughs) I am like such I don't know why the only film that's coming to my mind right now is super bad Because I love Jonah Hill so much. Yes. Oh, my God. He is incredible. How is he 50? He's not. He's not. He posted. No, he's not. He posted that, but he's actually 37, I swear. Oh, stop. (laughs) Yeah, I think he posted that as a joke. Because I was like, he can't be 50. And I Googled it and it said he was 37. So he's just hysterical. God, he's good. Um, okay. <laughs> I can't actually believe that. I was literally been going around like, I just can't believe he's 50. Right. Um, correct. He's 37. Just joking. Um, okay. A moment where you felt most proud. The most proud? Um, mm. The moment I felt the most proud is when Effie, which is my dog, um, when she let her the first stranger pet her. Because when I got her for four months, she basically hid under my couch and was scared of me, scared of everybody, wouldn't make eye contact or anything like that. 
And I had a friend over and it had been four months and she was on the couch and she went up to the person very timidly and licked his hand. And it was just like, I couldn't believe it. And I was like such a proud mom. I was just like in awe of her. And I just, yeah. So most of my proudest moments are to do with my little dog because she's just like such, it's such a joy to watch her grow, but it's also very stressful. But yeah, that's probably one of my proudest moments. There's so many moments with her though. That is genuinely so heartwarming and just because I can really imagine I, I can literally visualize you watching her do that and honestly like, wow, I cry I cry so much with this dog just because everything she does is so momentous like if she oh. walks up to somebody in the park or like I, I'm just like I'm so proud of how far she's come because she was just a little shell of a dog when I got her and now she's she's Bless thriving oh. oh you must be a proud mom. I am I so am such a, I mean she is my I call her my baby girl she is my baby girl I love her Bless. um okay a song that cheers you up a song that okay this is just the first one that's coming to my mind this is quick fire but it's that song one kiss it's Dua Lipa and Calvin Harris oh yeah it's like yeah, yeah, one yeah. kiss is all it takes oh my god that is was like one of my summer vibes one summer and that song just puts me in the zone with a little glass of rosé mm. and that song like goodbye mm. I'm having the best night mm. <laughs> love 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 um top tip for dealing with stress take a step back and if you can get into nature nature is so healing I'm actually going to Devon soon this weekend and um I just think I never I was never really one of those people who like was obsessed with nature as a kid and I always wanted to stay inside and read my book but now I'm like I need to go hug a tree before I have a meltdown (laughs) um I am so with you it is I feel like that's something that you appreciate more as you get older. Yeah, agreed. One thing you'd like to achieve in the next year? One thing I would like to achieve in the next year. I would really like to move. Um, I would really like to move into a house with a garden. Um, Don't know if it's going to happen this year, but I am really hoping to move and move to a different area of London because I've lived in this area for a long time. And... I don't know. I just, I hate getting comfortable. And also I think Effie would really love a garden. So hopefully soon, I don't know, but I would, I would like to move and just find new spots to hang out in and meet new neighbors mm. and just experience London from a different POV. Love that. And the first person you called to share good news. The first, I mean, it's going to come as no surprise, my mom, obviously. And then it's probably (laughs) Amelia and Rebecca Monroe. Those are like my two girls. Those are like probably the three people that I would call immediately and just be like, you're never going to believe it. And it's literally be like one right after the other. <laughs> oh, I love that. I can't believe because you, I saw a picture that the throwback on Instagram that Amelia put of you two oh in 2014. Oh I was like, gosh. wow. That picture sent me to the moon. The, the fact that my t shirt said peony, like how basic can a person get? I loved it. <laughs> and I loved that. that top. I remember that outfit was basically we were at midcon which was like a youtube convention and i didn't know what to wear and i went to top shop and i got a personal shopper and that's how they styled me oh my god i'm here for it i loved it 
Um, Essay, thank you so, so, so much for being such an amazing guest. And I can't wait to meet you IRL, I which I've, I only recently found out what that meant. IRL. Um, thank you so much, Roxy. This was so much fun. It's put me in the best mood to get on with the rest of the day. Oh, thank you so much, love. Thank you. Bye. Bye.